Hi folks, uh, today we're going to be starting a new series, which to be honest was a series I never thought I would be doing at this point just after Easter, but I'm calling it Running on Empty. It's really a response to being in, in lockdown and how we are trying to get through these really strange and unique times. Um, I'm looking online at the minute and all I see are sermons about hope and enduring and trust and look, that's going to be a factor in this series definitely but I want to do something with you that's going to be a wee bit more focused. Faith, hope, trust, they're, they're great subjects but they need context. They can't just be vague notions otherwise it's just religious optimism. We have to be anchored and rooted in something. Well actually... No, no, we don't. We actually need to be rooted and anchored in someone. And in these strange times, this period of lockdown, the needs of each house is going to be really dependent on who's in your house. If you're locked in with your kids nonstop, that's very different to someone who is alone, isolated, cut off from everyone. Both are going to feel that these things are all encompassing because you're cut off from your outlets. So the cause is the same, but the effects are sort of opposite. I mean, for someone it could be finances, even you're on furlough or you're self-employed, you're wondering when you're going to be able to get back to earning some money again. And so with such a wide spectrum of things that are going on and overlap, it's hard for me perhaps to come up with a sermon that's going to connect with everyone. Uh, so what I'm going to try and do is I think I've found a way of trying to get us all on the same page. And that's to take it back a step, not back to the root cause that it's a lockdown, but the step in between those variety of responses and the initial cause. See, that's whenever whenever the lockdown hits, how much have you got in the tank before you run out of fuel? Because if we can keep the fuel tank in our hearts and our minds topped up, we'll be able to keep going through this crisis. So again, it's more than just vague hope, faith, trust. It's about anchoring them into a context. Now, quick virtual survey here. Now, be honest, okay? No one can see you, okay? Who refuels their car whenever the gauge says that it's three quarters full? Yeah, no, me neither. Uh, what about when you've half a tank, right? You may say half empty. I'm saying half full. You've still got plenty of time to go. What about when you've got a quarter tank? What about when the red light goes on? Or who waits till the red light's been on for 20 miles? Yeah, that, that, that's that's me. You're my kind of people. I don't think it's something that we should be bragging about. But hey, at least I'm not alone in that. I once drove from Larn to Ards with the fuel light on the entire time. So my car runs on fumes and prayer. Well, this series of Running on Empty is about helping us refuel spiritually before we come to a spluttering stop at the side of the road. This is about filling you up in this tough time to make sure you don't run out of fuel, that you can keep going. Now, can you run on empty emotionally? Yeah. Can you run empty financially? Yeah. Can you run on empty relationally? Yeah, you really can. Spiritually, you bet. And for some of you, I think maybe the red light's been on for a while and you're still driving. So over the next couple of weeks, we'll look at different reasons why you can be running on empty and how we get ourselves into a place that will help us find a strategy of dealing with our issues and refuel. Whether it's from starting off our journeys with an empty tank to accelerating too much and trying to do too much too quickly. There's so many reasons why a life can run out of fuel. 
The big picture is that it's about making sure that we've got enough in the tank through this crisis. Now, I'm going to start off with this message with a very simple fact is that if we're carrying too much weight, we're going to run out of fuel quicker. All right, I remember whenever we moved into Ards, I loaded up the car with bags of cement and tons of paint and I, if there was other people in the car and I was driving quite a distance uh, from Lauren down here and the car drove very differently to when it's just me in an empty boot. The heavy load lowered my miles per gallon. If I kept going, I would run out of fuel much, much quicker than usual. I heard a story about a man driving a big delivery truck and every time he stopped at a set of lights, he would climb out of the cab and take a huge big baseball stick and start banging the side of his truck. The driver in the car behind him saw this happen a couple of times and was bemused by it. So after a couple of times, he couldn't contain himself any longer. And so he says, look, excuse me, mate, you got to tell me what on earth are you doing? So the driver says, that's actually quite simple, really. This truck is limited to two ton load but I'm carrying four tons of birds. So I need to keep two tons of them in the air at all times. I just pause and let you laugh there so much. See, here's the thing. Maybe the solution to the stress and worry and anxiety that you have right now has got nothing to do with a lack of trust or faith or hope in God, but has everything with you trying to live a four ton life with a two ton body. I'm not saying you literally have a two ton body, although if I keep eating the way I'm eating in this lockdown, I may have a two ton body by the end of this. My, my point is this. Maybe what we need to do in this is lighten the load. I think this pandemic has exposed the fact that what many of us have been doing for a long time is carrying around loads that have been too heavy for us and we keep trying to lighten the load with strategies that don't work a long time, like hitting the side of the truck. And in this first message, I just want to keep it very simple and straightforward. I want you to listen to the words of Jesus in Matthew 11, starting on verse 28. He says, come to me all who labour. That simply means anyone who's tired of trying to get through all this on their own steam. The people working and working and working just to try and stay afloat. Come to me, all who are tired and heavy laden. That's the people who are overburdened with emotions. They're, they're weighed down by depression or worry or guilt or their past or they're worried about their future. Whatever that load is that you're carrying right now, Jesus says, come to me, all who are tired, all who are carrying burdens, and I will give you rest. Take my yoke upon you and learn from me, for I am gentle and lowly in heart. Excuse me. And you will find rest for your souls. If you're running on empty and ready for a change, then I've got four principles that I want you to see in these two verses that will help you lighten the load uh, in this time of crisis. First principle is very simple. If you're running on empty and you want to be refueled, you need to be really unhappy. Now, let me just, again, clarify before you switch off. What I mean is pay attention to what Jesus is saying. Those who are labouring and are heavy laden, right, well, if you want to change that, then you need to get a place where you're unhappy with the way you're doing things. As long as you're content to keep going the way you're going, as long as you're content to be continually overextended, overburdened, heading for burnout, as long as you're content to just keep running on fumes and bang the side of the truck, you're never really going to change. Or at least you're going to find yourself back into this familiar pattern sooner rather than later. So the first principle has to be that you're deeply unhappy with the way things are. You need to be honest enough to say, okay, enough is enough. I'm sick and tired of being sick and tired and I'm going to change. Because here's the really depressing thing about human nature. Most of us don't change whenever we see the light. But we will change when we feel the heat. Because we're at a point in where we have to change. 
In Psalm 23, I was sharing this with the elders last night, we read that he makes me lie down in green pastures. I wonder in this period that if, if the Good Shepherd is making you lie down. That in love, the best thing that our Good Shepherd could do is put you in the back because finally now you're going to start looking up. The Good Shepherd will make us lie down in green pastures. I know that these last four or five weeks of lockdown are hard and he is making you slow down and stopping all the busyness. Maybe in that he's wanting you to teach, he's wanting to teach you something in that time. Our culture is a bad habit of making us go, go, go non-stop all the time. That as if that's how it's supposed to be. It's supposed to be full pelt sprint the entire time. That we're all supposed to be super fit, super healthy, super environmental, super crafty and uh, DIY ables and all the while making it look super easy. It's got us running on fumes. But here's the thing, churches are guilty of doing that as well, aren't we? Right, we get so busy with organisations and committees and trying to get people involved and getting people alongside that, and, and all those things are good and worthwhile and all the rest of it, but it has us stressed and running flat out. And the world looks at us and thinks, well, you're just the same as us, but at least we get Sundays off. So scripture tells us, I mean, it tells us to take a Sabbath, not just a day to catch up with other jobs, but a day to stop. Now, we'll cover this in this message later on in the series, but it's unhealthy that so many Christians just ignore the command to have a Sabbath and they just laugh off the fact that, yeah, well, Sunday's just the busiest day of the week. Well, this is why we're tired. And I think I know a lot of tired Christians, and this has got nothing to do with faith or trust. Are you laboring? But are you burdened? There's a lot of burning Christians around as well. And to be honest, I think there's two pandemics going on at the minute. There's the one that people are talking about, the virus. And I think there's an unspoken one as well, a mental health pandemic. And Christians aren't exempt from that. But of course, there are other burdens as well. And it's going to be seen by society maybe too late. It could come up in, in terms of abuse, domestic abuse. It could come in terms of addiction, whether it's online gambling, something as simple as bingo instead of the absence of sports um, or drinking because people are just struggling to figure out how to fill their day. I think there's going to be a big suicide toll from this as well because people are going to realise that they have success but still have stress. They have money but not meaning. That they have plenty to live on but they don't have anything to live for. So while I'm on this, remember church, reach out to one another, write a letter, pick up the phone, Zoom, FaceTime, whatever app you want to use, do something. Don't wait for people to ring you. If you've got someone on your heart, pick up the phone, say hello, share a joke, make people feel that there is normal out there somewhere. That's the first principle. You need to be unhappy about being tired and burdened, unhappy enough to change. The second principle then is to come to Jesus. In fact, the two verses give us three commands. That, that's going to make up the rest of our four points. He says, come, take, learn. So the first thing that we have to do is come. It's not come to church or come get some more rules or come get regulations for a lifestyle, but come to Jesus. It's about coming to the person. Come to me and I'll give you a really good sermon. No, no. Come to me and find rest that's where rest is listen if you feel like you're running on empty and you don't the last thing you need is a, is religion to add to your to-do list you don't need more meetings to go to but you do need jesus to give you rest now who does this apply to who can come well i, I just love this come all who labor 
come all who are burdened. I love that. There's no exceptions to the word all. It includes everyone. All. Even if you tried coming before and it didn't work out, come to Jesus. Come. Even if you're deep into something bad, come. Come all. But, but Jeff, I've got a different religion. Come to Jesus. I, I've never prayed before. Come to Jesus. Uh, but I've said some really bad stuff about God. Listen, Jesus says, come all who labour and are burdened. Because this is for all. John 6.37 says, all the Father gives to me will come to me. Whoever comes to me, I will never cast out. That means Jesus saying, look, once I have them, I hold on. I don't let go of people. So what kind of rest does Jesus give then? Well, John's telling us that it's a lasting rest because he's not going to let go. But when we come back to Matthew eleven twenty nine, 29, we read that it's rest for our souls. Though I'm sure some of you need physical rest, he's not talking about resting our muscles. If anything, we probably need to exercise a little bit more, right? But what Jesus is offering here is rest for the inside. He's offering peace. He's offering a recharge. He's offering a, a refuel for those who are running on empty emotionally, running on empty in our hearts. It's rest for our souls. For the person who is burdened and weighed down with tensions, with worries, with the weight of comparisons with other people, either that's something you're doing to yourself or something that other people are doing to you, whether it's the weight of stress or, or grief, how do we rest? Some of you will be watching a lot of TV. Some of you will be doing a lot of eating, comfort eating. But these aren't real solutions and we know this intellectually. They just distract us for a short period of time. The only way we can find real rest when we are overloaded is to come to God. Isaiah 40 tells us why, verse 29, he gives power to the faint and to him who has no might, he increases strength. Even youths shall faint and be weary and young men shall fall exhausted. Okay, but listen to this in verse 31. But they who wait for the Lord shall renew their strength. They shall mount up with wings like eagles. They shall run and not be weary. They shall walk and not faint. They who wait on the Lord. Underline that in your Bibles. When you wait on the Lord, you shall renew your strength. Your tank will be filled up again. Culture says you got to go, 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 go. you got to be busy. you got to cram as much as you can into maximizing everything in your life. Culture says go and do to find meaning. Jesus says, no, no, come and rest. So if you feel like you're running on empty, the first thing you got to do is to decide, am I unhappy enough with the way things are to actually want to change? And if the answer to that is yes, then the next step is, okay, you got to come to Jesus and rest in him. So how does that work? Well, here's the third principle. Christ says, come and take my yoke and you'll find rest. Let's read it again just in the verses. Verses 28, 29 of Matthew 8. Come to me all who labour and are heavy laden, I will give you rest. Take my yoke upon you and learn from me, for I am gentle and lowly in spirit, and you will find rest for your souls. This really is the key to the whole thing because most of us struggle with this part. We're more than happy to come to Jesus for him to be our saviour. That's how we get our get out of hell free card and guilt is gone, happy days. But we don't want him to be our Lord. Because truthfully, we still want to be in control. We still want to be in charge of our lives. But I want to challenge that because when you think about it, how much in our lives are we really in control of? You can't control the economy. You can't control what other people think or do or say about you. We can't control the people in our families. We can't control what our bosses are doing. In fact, all we can really do is control how we respond to that. And Christ is saying in this passage, look, you're not in control anyway. Stop trying. Give me control because I'm the one who's in charge. 
And that's the picture of putting on your yoke or his yoke. A yoke is basically a simple beam that connects two animals together to help them pull something. So whether it's a, a cart or a chariot or a plow, that was the picture. So the idea here is lightening the load, sharing it between two animals instead of one. See, so many people look at this verse and they go, oh, uh, I, I, that sounds horrible. That sounds like a, a burden added, like I'm getting yoked, I'm getting tied down. No, that's not the picture here. The picture is that you are already burdened, so get yoked to Christ to take the weight from you. Come to me who labour and are heavy laden. You're already carrying the burden. So what you need is to come alongside someone who can take that weight off of you. Verse 30 says that his burden is light. Well, of course it is. It's, he's God. It's all light to him. There's nothing on earth that's going to slow him down, that weighs him down, that makes him stumble or tired. Now, for the people listening to Jesus speaking in Matthew 11, there's two pictures here that come through with being yoked. The first is a picture of partnership. To be yoked with Christ means partnering with him. Psalm 55, 22 says, cast your burden upon the Lord and he will sustain you. I love that. Cast your burden upon the Lord and he will sustain you. Get yoked to Christ. Let him ease the weight that you have been lugging around all this time. So here's the thing. If you're a Christian and your load is still heavy, that it's not easy, it's not light, then chances are you're unyoked, that you're still carrying all this weight by yourself. The strategy is there to run on fumes. That, that's what's happening. You're still saved. I'm not saying that you're not saved. I'm just saying you're carrying a burden that you don't have to be carrying because I think you're still trying to do it without Christ. Because the first picture is a partnership, but the second picture of the yoke is about control. When two animals are yoked, there'll be a dominant and a submissive animal. And the lead animal will set the direction and set the pace. Being yoked with Christ means that he is going to move in the, we're going to move in the same direction at the same time at the same pace, but he sets the lead. Galatians 5.22 says, if we live by the Spirit, let us also keep in step with the Spirit. And that's hard because we're so often impatient. I know I am I'm one of the most impatient people in the world. And if we're going to give up control, we want things to happen immediately, right? Right, Jesus, it's a big deal that I'm giving you control. I've been trying to mess up continually and frankly, I've made a bit of a mess of it all. But hey, it's still a big deal that I'm giving you control. So you better sort it out, like, you know, by the end of this prayer. Sort it out now. That's what we think, right? We spent years fudging this thing called life, but when God is swoop in and just fix it all, so immediately for us. Listen to Romans 3 verse 8. This is from the Message Bible. It says, we finally figured it out. Our lives get in step with God and all others by letting him set the pace, not by proudly or anxiously trying to run the parade. Excuse me. So let me ask you this. Who sets the pace of your life? Is it work? Is it your family? Is it God? And I'll be honest. I've always kind of appreciated the fact that I needed God to set the direction for me. That's never really been an issue. I've always known it. But I've not always paid attention to the fact that I need God to set the pace. And that's led to needless frustration and impatience and my tank running on empty. Have you noticed that we never read of Jesus running in the Bible? He's always in the right place at the right time, even if other people wanted him to move at a different speed. Now, here's the thing. We're always yoked to something. 
If it's not Jesus, it's something else. We're always yoked to something. It could be that you're yoked to ambition or pride or status. We could be yoked to our past and that's holding us back or yoked to our hurt. And I wonder if there's some people listening to this and got one more than one yoke on. Most people I know are lugging around a couple of the combination of things that I've just mentioned. And all it means is that you're weighed down by so many different things, pulling you in so many different directions that you're not actually going anywhere. Or at least nowhere fast. So let me ask you this question. If you're going to be yoked to something, why not choose the lightest yoke? Why not choose the one that lifts the most burden from you? If you reject that, well then the yoke's on you. Sorry, there's another bad joke. You see, the answer isn't a holiday. It's, it's giving up control. It's about being yoked to Christ and allowing him to set the direction and the pace in your life. Get rid of those other yokes that have slowed you down and pulled you in so many directions that you're stuck going nowhere. Take Christ's yoke, move at his pace, in his direction, in his strength. Fourth principle here, just as we finish. Okay, so the first one is you need to be unhappy before you can change. Second principle, come to Jesus. He's the place where we find rest for our souls. Third principle, find that rest. You need to take the lighter yoke. That's Christ's yoke. And the fourth and final principle, learn to trust Second part of verse 29 says, learn from me for I am gentle and lowly in heart and you'll find rest for your souls. That's interesting, isn't it? Because he doesn't say, look, yoke yourself to me because I'm trustworthy. Yoke to me because I'm enduring, I'm powerful enough to sort everything out in your life. He actually says, okay, no, if you're going to be yoked to me, then you need to learn about gentleness and humility. Remember, animals yoked together, one has to be the dominant, one has to be the submissive. He's asking us to learn to be submissive. See, because whenever, if I'm going to be honest, if I'm overloaded and running on empty and I try being humble and gentle, it only seems to add to my stress, not to my rest, because part of me feels like I'm getting, letting people away with something whenever I'm the one who needs help, like they owe me. And I've learned that this isn't really me expressing gentleness or humility. It's me expressing bitterness because I knew I couldn't get away with what I really want to say, what I really want to do to them. So all it did was I stored it up and it added to the load that I was carrying. So Christ says, learn gentleness and humility. Now, learning that takes time. It takes time to learn these things, but Christ is a good teacher. Humility and gentleness are the solutions to our main problems. You see, gentleness counters the aggression. Aggression that says, come on, let's go. Let's go faster. Let's make this happen. No, 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 no. It's, let's not plow ahead. Let, let, let's go gentle. Let's go at the right pace. And then humility counters arrogance, which says, okay, I'm in control. I know best. Actually, humility says, okay, Jesus, I'm going to let you handle the direction. So gentleness and humility are counters that Jesus wants us to learn when we're laboring and heavy laden, when we're running on empty. Because it allows us to take the yoke that Christ is offering to us and let him set the direction and the pace. Did you know what? I think there's a dozen times at least in John where Jesus says I'm here to do the things my father in heaven commands I'm just here to do the will of him who has sent me that's the mindset we need to have adopt this mindset I'm only interested in doing what my father in heaven has commanded me to do I wonder how many of you are super stressed right now because you're doing uncommanded work and you're way down on stuff that you were never asked to do that will lead us to declutter so much of the yokes that we're carrying around with us and so much of the impatience and the frustration that we have. And from that will grow gentleness and humility and peace. 
Proverbs 2024 20, in the Living Bible says, Since the Lord's directing our steps, why try to understand everything that happens along the way? See, when you're yoked to Christ, trusting him and his direction and his pace, the load lightens because we're not worried about the details. We're trusting in him. We're not resting for control where we need to micromanage everything that's happening. We can relax. We can rest in him. Psalm 142 verse 3 starts by saying, When my spirit faints within me, you know the way. Now listen, some of you in this lockdown might say, yeah, that's me. My spirit is faint. I just feel so flat, so unenergetic, so disinterested in everything, in so many things. My spirit is just faint. God knows. The guy with the yoke, the guy setting the pace, the guy setting the direction knows exactly where you're coming from. And he knows you're tired and he knows this burden is light for him. So come. Four principles when you're running on empty. Number one, you want to change. Number two, come to Christ. Number three, let him lead. Take the yoke. Let him be Lord as well as Savior. And number four, learn to trust him. Live humble. Live gentle. Let him guide the way. Let him set the pace. Can I just add this just as we finish? One of the things that will help us in this time to stay connected is the church family. Uh, and that's going to be one of those things that's helped lighten the load. Now, I know it's impossible to do what Hebrews 10 is saying whenever we don't neglect meeting together. It's impossible at the moment. But it comes from a time before churches. It goes right back to Genesis. You remember, creation wasn't perfect whenever God made it. Even before sin, it wasn't perfect. Look at the Genesis God creates Adam and says, this isn't good. It's not good for him to be alone. Because God knew that having the right people around will lighten the load. Now, there's a difference between being alone and being lonely. Being alone is fine. In fact, it's important to have a time when you can get alone from God, alone with God, away from other people. But being lonely is tough. So stay connected. You need other people in your life. In Ephesians 1, in the contemporary English version, the CEV Bible, it says in verse 22, God has put all things under the power of Christ. And for the good of the church, he has made him the head of everything. The church is Christ's body and is filled with Christ who completely fills everything. You see, when you're running on empty and you need a petrol station, well, what happens whenever you've, you need a spiritual petrol station? Where's that? Well, that's the church. So that's what I'm trying to do with these sermons online. I'm trying to refuel you from God's word. But you need to play a part in this as well. In that trying to refuel other people. Share God's word with one another. Share what he has shown you with others. Ring, text, write, whatever you do so people don't run empty in this crisis. We're not going to yoke people to extra meetings and extra commitments. But what we are going to do is love each other so instead of burning out, we can spur one another on to burn on for Christ. Let's pray. Father, we thank you, Lord, that in these strange times, your word is still appropriate and still meets the need. And so, Lord, I just pray for anyone who is wrestling with this call to come to you right now, Lord. Lord, whether it's someone who has been a Christian for a long time and yet slowly and surely has been trying to take this the weight of the yoke on themselves because they're trying to be strong, they're trying to lead and they're trying to do it in their own strength. 
Oh Lord, whether they're, they're ne they've, they're, they've never put their trust in you, Lord, they would never say that they are a Christian as such. Lord, I pray, Lord, that in, even in these times, Lord, that they would just expose the fact that we need you. And so, Lord, I pray that whoever's listening to this right now, we just, in this moment, in this quietness, say, yes, Lord, I'm going to come to you. I'm going to put my trust in you, Lord. Forgive me for trying to do it my own way all this time, for trying to be king of, of my own life. Lord, come and take that throne. Take control of my life. Lord, help me to live for you. Lord, you set the direction. You set the pace. Lord, that my burden may be light. And so, Lord, we pray this in your name. Amen. Goodbye, folks.